नमस्ते सरस्वती देवी गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेष शून्यवादी श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गदाथार शिवाषदी गौर हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 शील प्रभुपाद की हरे कृष्ण सो दिस मॉर्निंग आई वॉज थिंकिंग चैतन्य महाप्रभुज पास टाइम सो मच टू कवर दिस टाइम फाइव सिक्स सेशन is not really sufficient and as i mentioned the other day the purpose of this seminar is not to give you the complete understanding but to generate the interest so that you will feel inspired to delve into deep or deep Do you think that will happen? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's very important actually because we must get absorbed in Krishna consciousness. Like devotees are actually meant to speak about the glory of the Lord all the time. so that they themselves become absorbed in krishna consciousness and they inspire and motivate others also to become absorbed in krishna consciousness and the result is tushanti cha ramanti cha the result is that they become very much content within their hearts krishna consciousness or to be absorbed in spiritual topics is difficult whereas it is very easy to become allured by the influence of the material energy why <clears throat> because material realities we have material nature we are always perceiving we see that's why to be absorbed in krishna consciousness we have to we have to shift our consciousness there and this influence of the material nature is very strong like senses are constantly dragging us to the objects of the senses 
like we see things, we hear things, especially seeing and touching. These are the two most, most involving senses. We see some beautiful form and immediately the tendency is there to enjoy. And that leads to the eagerness to touch. So, this is how the material nature is always provoking us, alluring us. Come and enjoy, come and enjoy. But that's actually Maya's trick. That's Maya's trick. And Maya is testing us. Do you really want to become free from the material bondage? Do you really want to become attractive to Krishna? Do you really want to go back to God? And that is why hearing that is constant remember, constant reminder is so important. And that is the, that is what is expected out of devotees association. Constant, just reminder. Look, that is Maya. Don't go, go for her. That's illusory. Is giving you the promise of enjoyment. But what will you get? Suffering. That is what, that's a very simple lesson that we must learn. Very simple lesson that we must learn with all earnestness. Maya is saying, come and I'll provide you enjoyment. But what you'll get is suffering. And when you become absorbed in the in hearing or remembering the Lord's pastimes, then we get to see where the real enjoyment is. Where the real shelter is. Material nature is is a very, very dangerous place. At every moment, there is a possibility of getting hurt, even the possibility of losing our life. But if we take shelter of the Lord, then we at least don't have to worry about it. He will take care. And how will He take care? Just as an example in that respect is given a cat holds the kitten with her, sh- with her sharp teeth 
at the most vulnerable point of the body, the back of the neck. And that is how the cat actually kills its prey. The cat or tiger or lion, members of that family, their way of killing their prey is jump onto the back of the prey, bite onto the back of its neck and give it jerk and it breaks the spine. But the mother cat is holding the baby cat at the same place with her same sharp, sable-like teeth. But is the baby cat worried about it? He knows it's the shelter of his mother. Wherever the mother will take it for his own safety. So this is how a devotee feels towards the shelter and support of the Supreme Personality of God. He knows. He knows what's good for me. And he just remains completely secured, completely confident about his security. So that is why the reminder is there, the Lord will take care of us. He is our supreme well-wisher. He is taking care of us in all respects. And if we just think about it, we can see how wonderfully he is taking care of us. If we think in the right direction, if we think in the wrong direction, then we will be in trouble. Wrong direction means denying the arrangement of the Rather to consider that, well, Everything is happening by chance. Everything is happening by accident. Especially today, actually the most damaging factor is the so-called scientific presentation. Science has found some truth. But that doesn't mean that they found the ultimate truth. But because they have found some truth, because they have made some technical advancement, there is some industrial development, some mechanical and technical achievements, like People are completely enamored and they think that whatever they say is the truth, is the absolute truth. And it becomes quite shocking, like, just like the other day when Mrigank actually made that point, the lunar eclipse. And Visually, it may be 
Priya. It may appear to be corrupt. But when you look at it from the scriptural point of view, it can't fit in. Like moon, according to the scripture, <coughs> is further away from the sun. Actually, the distance between the earth and the moon is double the distance of sun. So if we look at it from that point of view, then where is the question of earth's shadow falling on the moon? But visually we are seeing something and... But the question is, even visually, how can we trust our eyes, our perceptions? And that's why while Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was discussing with Sadhguru Bhattacharya, he made some very important points there. He said that the scriptures you have to accept as the truth. Whatever is stated in the scriptures is the truth. You have to accept it. And he gives the examples. And then he makes the point that even if there is apparent contradiction, even if there is contradiction, you have to accept it. And he gives the example. The scripture says the stool is unclean. And even if it touches by chance, he must take part. Even after his own evacuation, he must take part. After passing stool, one must take. Even if one touches a Brahmana stool who is so exalted, he must take bath. But at the same time, the scriptures are saying the cow stool, cow dung, is so pure that you can even purify the temple with that. I mean, anybody will say, what's going on? What's this contradiction? But uh, when you scientifically, ana- scientifically analyze the qualities of cow dung, we find that it has the most amazing antiseptic effect. Just even clinically, even uh, in a scientific research. We can find. No other animal's tool or no other person's tool, even Brahmana's tool, doesn't come anywhere near that. Rather, that they are all rotten, you know, excretion of the body. The most dirty thing. Just the thought of it makes us shudder in disgust. But, the scripture is saying, and we see, since time immemorial, that culture is being followed. Cow's tool is used, not even horse's tool are used, not even buffalo's tool is used. Only cow's, cow dung is used. So much so that in the villages, like they clean the house in the morning by smearing cow dung. 
the scripture says the bones are very, very contaminating. That's another thing that when it when one touches a bone, one must take one. But conch shell, which is born of an animal, is pure. So that we put it even in the altar. So this is how apparent contradictions are also when the scripture presents it, it's the truth and nothing but the truth. So now, now you consider when the, when the scripture says something, should we accept it as it is? Or should we let our reasoning mind uh, to interfere into that? The very in the injunction is don't allow that. Just accept it. And just consider such brilliant personalities are accepted. And eventually we saw that how those statements of the scriptures became uh, became uh, proved, became real. Like in that respect, you know, I heard one incident with Srila Prabhupada. When the whole world was bouncing with the achievement of moon landing, Prabhupada was <coughs> in London at that time. It was being telecasted in the TV. And Prabhupada's back was toward that. I think Prabhupada was having a massage. And all the devotees kind of, like those days TV was also quite rare. Like they all gathered there just to see the moon landing. And Prabhupada declared freedom both of them. When the whole world is bouncing with that achievement that we landed in moon, so, uh, Prabhupada says, no, they didn't go to And today, what is the statistics? I, I think, I mean, about 10, 12 years back, I had a one statistic. There's a thing called Gallup poll in America. They kind of just haphazardly they just question people and try to come to a conclusion. And the conclusion was more than thirty percent people in America don't believe that they went to And Prabhupada's Proverbs reason with them. The moon is a triangle of nectar. Why didn't you just go to moon and brought, brought some rocks? Yeah. Why spend trillions of dollars just to bring a few rocks? And then they were so excited, they were making plans. Those days people are bouncing huh, that they will buy land in moon and there will be settlement <laughs> and so forth. Yeah. What happened? 
people were so eager to kind of, you know, like they were bouncing with the excitement that, oh, now you said there will be settlement in home, there will be. I think some consideration also was there that the land will start, they will start selling land in <laughs> Now, moon is not good enough. The next goal, I think, was Mars. Mars is not good enough. One after another. And they are bluffing. Because you know, the question actually came up, why did they do things like that? One understanding was that in order to divert Russian attention in Cold War, now, America presented that they went to moon. Now, Russia has to get back into that race. And this is how they wanted to divert Russia's attention and getting into a kind of competition with America. And eventually, what happened? Russia also followed the same path. <laughs> Another idea was the scientists get huge amount of money for their scientific research. And they have to prove something. They have to show that they have done something. And you know something? In last hundred years, there hasn't been any scientific, remarkable scientific invention. Scientists didn't invent anything in last hundred years. All that has been invented was much before that. There has been some technological development, but not scientific development. That's why they're coming up with all kinds of, uh, all kinds of diverting uh, propaganda through movies and all kinds of things. Stars war, Star Wars, Jurassic Park. They can't prove it, but in science, in, through movies they show that a dinosaur's gene have been found from a fossil, and from the gene they developed an egg, and from that egg the creature came out. <laughs> so, so they're just presenting it in a such a such a deceptive way, such a cheating way. And as I was telling the other day, like, okay, even if we can't, even if we say that scientifically it is, this is how it is, then also we can say, beyond the gross effect, there is a subtle effect. And we have to consider that those, the scriptures, what the scriptures are saying, although apparently with a gross material senses we cannot perceive that, but we have to recognize that these are the scientific Fine, the placement of earth in such a condition comes in between the moon and the sun, and as a result of that the shadow that is cast, that is causing the eclipse, so forth. 
So you can say, okay, that is happening due to the effect of Rahu, the planet. So in one way, as there are opportunities to disbelieve, there is also there is a possibility to believe. It depends how we want to direct our And that is why there is a need for these discussions. And I am seeing that, well, it just occurred to my occurred to me that people are actually calling their bluff. I don't know whether you know there's a big protest all over the world. Because Trump is cutting the budget to the scientists. I mean, sometimes it seems that he's a smart guy. He's calling their bluff, you know. Like, why do you need the money? What have you done? Previous governments didn't do that, but he's saying, so why should we give you money? What have you done? Now, their thing is, propaganda is the ecological The, the ecological factor. What is the expression they use? Global warming. Huh? Global warming and like uh, the term for that is Green like greenhouse. Huh? No, no. Climate change. Uh, yeah, that climate. Uh, dealing with the climate condition. That is actually, it is actually ecological factor. The deal with the nature, we have to deal with the nature. We have to rectify the condition. But what is the big deal about science and science and that? Like just tell everybody what to do and what not to do. Stop using gas. Stop using your machines. That is the way. You don't need any scientific... <laughs> you know, a rocket scientist to decide that. All this is caused by pumping in all the carbon dioxide that you are pumping in into the atmosphere, all the poisonous gas that you are pumping into the atmosphere. And that's where it's happening. Their thing is that we keep on pumping. You find a way <laughs> that nature will not be affected. <laughs> that is their point. Let us keep on doing what we are doing, but you find some way that would counter that. Just go to the basics. Stop using this fossil fuel. Stop using your vehicles. What's the point in jumping and running around with vehicles all the time? Force everyone to use public transport. Uh, increase that possibility. I remember as early as in the early 70s, in Germany they were making an arrangement that in big cities they won't allow the cars to come in the, into the city. So all the vehicles will be parked outside the city and, and they were actually counting the number of vehicles, number of people that are coming into the city at different times and accordingly they were planning 
that they would have public transport, arrangement for public transport. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I don't know why it didn't happen. They were planning it in 71, 72. Anyway, so the point is, the point that I'm trying to make is, it's very important that when the devotees get together, they just discuss among themselves about Krishna's wonderful arrangement. Krishna's arrangement. Yes, the calamity, the way the world is going, is bound to happen. It's bound to happen. Sooner or later it will happen. Like, uh, how long, uh, like, all these nuclear weapons, uh, they are continuously making them. And with the time, they are developing them. Like I was re- reading one report a few years back, that the, <clears throat> the nuclear weapons that they have today, compared to these nuclear weapons, atom bomb that was dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, will appear to like two toys. About 30 years back, I heard, heard a tax statistic that the amount of arsenal, nuclear arsenals they have, that can destroy the world 300 times. The world can be destroyed, and that was about 30 years, 25, 30 years back. And they are continuously making those bombs, making those weapons. So all these weapons are being manufactured. So what's going to happen? I mean, aren't they going to, someday aren't they going to be used? And when they do that, who knows what will happen. One bomb can destroy one whole city. And not only that, the radioactivity will keep on traveling, you know, will move. The bomb may explode at one place, nuclear bomb, but the radiation will spread. So it's not that, like for example, like say if North Korea drops a nuclear bomb in South Korea, North Korea won't be safe. The radiation will spread. Uh, that uh, few hundred, hundred kilometers of distance is there. And even if not that, even if the governments don't get into, the nations don't get into the war, like the terrorists, what if some terrorists get some access to one or two of these nations? That's why Pakistan is one of the biggest problems today. Because they know that terrorists can take over the country anytime. And they have nuclear weapons. And if they use it against some country, there we go. We believe in one consideration, that when you consider a crisis, 
you must also come up with a solution as well. So that's why we are pretty safe. And we know that these are the crises that are looming overhead. But, yes, we have a solution. Chant the Holy Name. Just, you know, when the situation becomes that critical, we know what to do. And at least we have to remind ourselves, we have to remind those who are around us, we have to remind those who are not aware of these possibilities. Anyway, so I am taking the time to make this point that although we are giving the seminar on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes, but the real objective is to become aware of the Lord's inconceivable potency, to become the the possibility or opportunity of taking shelter of His Lord's feet. And when we do that, we can overcome. And we'll be overcome. We'll be able to overcome any difficulty. That is the objective. When you go home, you may forget what you discussed. But if someday the real crisis hits, then please remember that. <laughs> that this is the only way. And that's why the scriptures are saying, Nasteva, Nasteva, Nasteva Gautiramata. There is no other way, there is no other way. At that time, we have to remember there is no other way to At the time of death, what should we do? At least that crisis is going to come to everybody. When that comes, what are you going to do? Okay, initially you may try to get cured and so forth, you know, take the help of doctors and all kinds of other possibilities that are there. But the thing is that ultimately no arrangement will be able to prevent that possibility. So then what to do? When that point comes, at least at that point, we have to surrender. Nasteva, Nasteva, Vatinamrita. And that time we have to remember Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Kevalam. The only way, only way. Hare Nama, Kevalam. Anyway, so we had been discussing about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. Today I thought that we would also discuss about some other personalities who are also very, very important in Mahaprabhu's pastimes.
the first one that we think of is Nityananda Prabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to distribute Krishna consciousness. And who is the main distributor? He came to distribute Krishna consciousness, but who is the real distributor? Nityananda Prabhu. Through him he is actually distributing Krishna Prabhu. Although he is, he has come, Namo Mahavadanayana, Krishna Prema, Pradayati, Pradayati, meaning distributing. But through whom he is doing, making that distribution? The main personality is Nityananda. They came together. Therefore, Srila Vrindavanda Thakur, at the beginning of Chaitanya Bhagavad, he is making his prayers and he is calling, saying that these two personalities, he is not making any difference. That these two personalities together are responsible for distributing Krishna. And in this respect, he is actually identifying two of them as two fathers of Sankirtan movement. Sankirtanai ka pitaro. Pitaro, pita means father. And in two numbers is pitaro, two fathers. Sanskrit is a very precise language. Singular number, dual number, and plural number. And the structure changes. One person, like for example, one person is not a, two persons are not old, and three persons, Naraha. And this will structure will follow that any letter, any name or any word that is ending with or will follow this. Nara and or or a, so pita, pita ro, pita ra. So then again female, male and female will have different. Like for example, Pita is masculine and Pita, Pitaro, Pitaraha and feminine will be different. Lata, Lati, Lata. Lata is a creeper. One creeper is Lata. Two creepers will be Lati. And three more, I mean, more plural will be Lata. Lata with a Bisharga, ending with H. Anyway, so he is pointing out Pitaro, two fathers of Sankirtan. Sankirtanaikya Pitaro. And who are they? Vishambharo Dijabharo. The maintainer of the world. The two, Vishambharo. Not one maintainer, two maintainers. Vishambharo. Vishambhar, 
the best of the Brahmana. Dijavara is a Brahmana, one Brahmana. Dijavaro, two Brahmanas. The best of the Brahmanas. Two best of the Brahmanas. Vishambharo, Dijavaro, Jugadharma Palo. They are, they have come to establish the dharma of this yuga. And what is that dharma of this yuga? Sankirtana. Sankirtana eko pitaro kamalaya taksha. Their eyes are like lotus feet, wide, extended. So that's why Nitanda Prabhu and Chaitanya. Who is Nitananda Prabhu? Nitananda Prabhu is Balarama. Krishna came as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Balaram came as Nitananda Prabhu. Balaram came before. Nitananda Prabhu came before. About twelve years before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually. And he appeared in the northern part of Bengal. Place called Radadesh, the land where Ganga doesn't flow. And Actually, in ISKCON we use the expression Radhadesh and Radhadesh. But it's not actually Radha. There is not, no land called Radhadesh. It is Radhadesh. But the pronoun anyway. Everything is in the Sambandha. If they are thinking that this is the land of Radharani, that's fine. So, Nityananda Prabhu appeared there as the son of a very exalted Brahmana, you know, Harai Pandi, and Parmavati, Devi, his wife. He was the eldest son. His father was extremely attached to him, so attached that he was, he would always keep him with him. Even when he had to go to some place, he would take Nityananda with him. So attached. Naturally, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Nityananda also, from his childhood, he would, instead of playing games with his friends, he would enact, he would get his friends together and enact the pastimes of the Lord. Like, one, to give an example, one day they were playing Ramchandra's Ram Leela. Maybe that you can also in, encourage your children to also do things like act different, enact different pastimes. Of course, Nitanda Prabhu was doing like nobody was telling him. 
But he would actually make the script, he would direct, he would tell them, you play this role, you say this, you say this. And he would, <laughs> this is how he would enact the pastime of the world. And now one day they are playing the pastimes of Lord Ramchandra. And Indrajit, Ravan's son, hit Lakshman with Shakti. Lakshman fainted. Then what happened? What would happen after that? Hanuman went to get Gandhama to the Vishalda Karuni, the herb that would revive Lakshman. And Hanuman could not identify which art is Vishalda Karuni. So he uprooted the whole mountain and carried the mountain. So that is the thing, pastimes that they were supposed to play. But when Lakshman got hit with Shakti, Shakti Shale, he fainted so really, so such genuine fainting that he lost his senses and there was no sign of life in his body. So everyone got worried, what happened? He's dead. Everyone, the news reached the house. His mother and father, others came out running. And they started to cry, what happened? There is no sign of life. When there was this commotion going on, one boy who was supposed to play the role of Hanuman, he remembered his role. So he immediately came, like carrying the mountain. (laughs) And then everybody came to their senses. Like the person who was playing the doctor, he just quickly went and put it in front of his nose. Nitananda came back to his. So this is how Nitananda was playing in his childhood with his friends. When he was 12 years old, one Sannasi was invited to the house. Actually, it is a custom that uh, the pious brahmanas would invite the saintly people or high class people would invite saintly personalities. And the saintly personalities used to travel from one place to another. And then they would invite them. In India, this custom is still prevalent in the villages. Like, what to speak of villages, like, I I remember early days, sometimes I used to go to Vrindavan and do Parikrama, Radha Kund, Varshana. And the local people would come and invite Baba, come to my house. Take some 
you know, like, I mean, that caste, this is India's actual spiritual heritage. So anyway, Jagannath, I mean, Harai Pandit made this powerful looking, you know, exalted, brilliant looking personality, the same, same person. So he invited him to his home. And he stayed, they spent the night discussing about Krishna Katha. And in the morning, when he was about to leave, the sadhu, the saintly person, he told Harajpandi, you see, if I ask you something, if I ask you for something, will you mind? Harajpandi said, no, no, please tell me. It's my good fortune that you are asking something from. He said, see, I always travel alone. And I was thinking that it would be nice to have some companion. So will you give your son to me to travel with me? Harai Pandit felt as if, you know, the thunder struck him. But still he composed himself. Can well imagine whom he couldn't separate him for an even a moment. Now this sadhu sannyasi is asking him to go with him. So he went inside the house and consulted with his wife. And his wife said that, that no matter how difficult it is, we have to fulfill the words that we have given to them that you promised him. <coughs> Whatever he would ask, you would offer it to him. <coughs> so Harai Pandit yes, please take him. And uh, one can well imagine Harai Pandit's condition at that time. He became mad in separation from that time. He's crying all the time. And Nitananda went with the sannyasi and he was traveling with him to all the places of pilgrimage in India. Interesting thing to note here that Nitananda was at home for 12 years. And after 12 years he left home. And after 12 years Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared. So when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared, he left home. And then after traveling to all these places, he went to Vrindavan and he stayed in Vrindavan. So when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started his Sankirtan movement, after being initiated by Ishwar Puri, then Nityananda came to Navadvi. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Haridas Thakur and Srivash Thakur. He actually described the dream he had. In the dream he saw uh, 
powerful personality who's came riding on a chariot. On the chariot, on the flag of the chariot, there was the insignia of a palm tree. Now, do you know who's marked there on the flag, his palm tree? Balaram. What is there in Krishna? What is the mark of Krishna's flag? Krishna's? Yeah. And so this is how uh, he kind of indirectly indicated that Balaram has appeared. And he started to describe all the personality, which is the description of Balaram. He was not mentioning the name, but he was actually. And he told Haridas Thakur and Nitananda Prabhu, go and find them. I'm sorry, not Nitananda Prabhu, Shivar Thakur. Go and find this personality who arrived. So they traveled, they searched around Navati, but came back and said, no, we could find them. The new kind like that. So then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, let's go. Look for him. And he came to the house of Nandanacharya. Nikanda Prabhu was hiding in Nandanacharya's house. And his mood was that, let me see whether he recognizes me. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu named Nikanda And since then, Nitananda Prabhu became his constant companion. In the Sankirtan, Yajna, Nitananda Prabhu was the main, uh, main conductor. And <clears throat> that's why Nitananda Prabhu has been described as the, the distributor of Krishna Prabhu. Nitananda Prabhu then went to when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas, Nitanda Prabhu went with him. And you know, I discussed it the other day, how he misdirected, misled Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and brought him to Shantipur so that the residents of Vrindana, residents of Navadip could actually get to see him again. Then Nitana Prabhu also <coughs> went with accompanied Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he went to Jagannath Puri. But on the way he broke Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's danda, Sanna's danda. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became very, very disappointed with him. So in this way, Nitana Prabhu had many wonderful pastimes with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stayed on in Vrindavan, um, stayed on in Jagannath Puri, and other Beng- devotees from Bengal who accompanied him, they went back to Bengal. But then, next year during the Ratajatra time, they all came, the whole of Navati practically came to Jagannath Puri. 
And Nitanda Prabhu also came. Sorry. <laughs> Nitanda Prabhu also came. And Nitanda Prabhu, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructed on during the second visit, instructed Nitanda Prabhu to go back to Bengal and spread Krishna consciousness. And he also told Nitanda Prabhu to get married. So that's another uh, very beautiful episode. There was a very exalted Brahman called Surya Dasarkhil. And he had two daughters, Janava and Vasudha. So wedding was arrangement between Nitanda Prabhu and Janava Devi. And so after the wedding they were staying in the house of Surya So one day Janava's sister, Boshudha, she was serving Nitanandu. She was also very fond of Nitanandu. So she was serving and at that time her sari, the cloth that was covering her hair just uh, fell off from her. So she was serving with two hands to Nitananda Prabhu and her thing fell. So she became quite uh, embarrassed. So she manifested two other arms to place her <laughs> sari on her head. <laughs> and then Nitananda Prabhu told uh, the father that I would like to claim your other daughter also. So this is how Nitanda Prabhu got married to both Janava Devi and Vasudha Devi. Janava Devi didn't have any children, but Vasudha Devi had two children, one daughter, Ganga, and the son, Birchandra. Nitanda Prabhu was preaching very, very successfully, very effectively, all over Bengal. And the merchant community, generally in the Vedic culture, the Brahmanas are considered to be the most exalted. The next in line are the Kshatriya, then the Vaishyas. So as a result of that, the Vaishyas were not really uh, looked up with so much uh, respect. So, <clears throat> but Nitanda Prabhu delivered the Vaishyas. Now, interesting thing to note now, that in today's world, the Vaishyas have become the most, the Vaishyas have become the most aristocratic people. Because they have, today's world, this is how we see that how world has changed. Those days, money was not the main criteria. Like different classes had different priorities or different ways to be recognized. The Brahmanas were intellectual. Their wealth, their strength was an intellectual ability or intelligent ability. The 
Kshatriya's power was Kshatriya staying towards in their physical power or military power. The Vaishyas was monetary power. And today we can see that the world has become dominated, is being dominated by the Vaishyas. Because the Brahmanas have disappeared. Kshatriyas, there is no Kshatriya. The only Kshatriyas in this world are the Mafias. Some semblance to the Kshatriyas. But Vaishyas are most predominant. And, that's, and they are actually ruling. They are controlling with their monetary power, financial And Sudras, their skill, their, they used to be produced and they used to have Sudra skills were musical skill, dancing skill, those were the Sudra skills. And today we are seeing that how Sudras are being glorified. The rock musician is the most exalted person. And sculptors, painters, they are considered to be the most exalted. But actually, from the very calculation, they are sutras. Anyway, so that's how the world is changing now. So, <coughs> the Tandapu delivered the uh, marchants. And there, that community became followers of Nitanga Prabhu. also delivered some dacoits. He was so powerful, like of course Chaitanya Mahaprabhu delivered Jagai and Madhai. Similarly, Nitanga Prabhu also delivered one dacoit leader who was a Brahmana, exalted, coming from exalted Brahmana family. But due to bad association, uh, he became a thief, a dacoit. And Nitanga Prabhu uh, delivered him. And along with him came all the other dacoits, his followers. So in this way, Nitanga Prabhu very extensively spread Krishna consciousness in eastern part of India. Nitanga Prabhu also was taking care of Sachi Mata. When Nitanga Prabhu came back, came back to Bengal, Sachi Mata actually requested him to stay in our temple. So Nitanga Prabhu did that. And so that is how wonderful Nitanga Prabhu is. And another personality who played a very, very important role is Haridas Thakur. He is the Nama Acharya. Haridas Thakur, who is Haridas Thakur? Haridas Thakur is Lord Brahma. Like he came and 
Haridas Thakur. He was born in a Muslim family. <coughs> but at a young age he left home and he came to a forest-like place in a place called Benipol. And there he was just absorbed in chanting the whole. Actually, Hare Krishna Mahamantra became available to some individuals before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came. And Haridas Thakur was one example. So, people became very impressed and affected by Nitananda, by Haridas Thakur. That he is such an exalted personality, so saintly. And, but there was a landlord in that area. Landlord, you can say, is like a small king. It's a king with a small kind of kingdom. They have a huge piece of land and they used to have their own army also. So, there was this person called Ramchandra Khan. He was very envious of the Vaishnavas. He became very envious of Haridas Thakur, thinking that why people are running after him. So he decided to prove and arrest him that he is a fake. And he actually uh, appointed one very beautiful uh, prostitute to make him fall down. And he wanted to send the soldiers with her so that she would make him fall down and then they would arrest him and bring him to him for punishment. So <coughs> this uh, uh, this girl, her name was Lakshahira. So Lakshahira, literally the word means tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of diamonds. Lakshmi means hundred thousand. She was so brilliant, so beautiful that she had the name like that. She was the best in her group, in her So he appointed her and <coughs> she agreed. She went to Haridas Thakur and approached him just in a very, very attractive way. And so Haridas Thakur, when she when he expressed her desire, saying that you are such a handsome person, I'm attracted to you, please fulfill my desire. Haridas Thakur said, okay, but you see, I have a commitment to chant certain number of rounds. So when I finish my round, I'll fulfill it. And throughout the night, Haridas Thakur chanted. So he became morning and said that, I'm sorry, I couldn't finish my round. So please come again. 
So she came again the second night also the same thing happened. And on the third night she just fell at his feet in the middle of the night. Please forgive me. I can see that you are such an exciting person. And actually I have been appointed to make you fall down with me. But I can see that. That you are so exalted that you won't be affected by any provocation. So please forgive me. So Haridas Thakur then told her that I knew everything. But I stayed on just to deliver you. I can see that you are a, you are a good person. So give up your occupation, dirty occupation. And the wealth that you have, you distribute it to the brahmanas and Vaishnavas. And leaving everything behind, you just come here and you chant the holy name. You saw the power of the holy name. And saying that, Haridas Thakur left that place. Then Haridas Thakur, uh, leaving Benepur, from there another, you can say, maybe 50-60 miles from there, there is a place called Fulia. So Haridas Thakur uh, was staying in a cave. And because of his saintly qualities, people became attracted to him and people started to come. But very soon they would feel some itching in the body and burning sensation. So they would leave. So <clears throat> they were wondering why why do you feel this kind of burning sensation in the body? So they got a snake charmer and the snake charmer said that there is a very dangerous snake extremely poisonous. And she is so poisonous that because of his breathing the whole atmosphere has become poisonous. So when Haridas Thakur heard that, he said, okay, then I'll just go out. But then they saw there's a huge snake crawling out of that cave. As if the snake was telling, you would rather stay, I would rather leave this place. So this is how even the snakes were tamed by Haridas so from there, Haridas Thakur went to Shantipur, which is also not very far. That was about only 10-12 miles. And there he met Advaita Acharya. And that's how they developed a relationship. Haridas Thakur was about 35 years older than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared in 1486. Haridas Thakur appeared in 1851. And Haridas Thakur became so closely associated to Advaita Acharya. So Advaita Acharya had great respect for him and they used to spend time together talking about Krishna. 
like Advaita Acharya, although staying in Shantipur, but he was not, and that place is surround, full of Brahmana. But Advaita Acharya did not find any interest in associating with those so-called Brahmana. During Harigasthakur's father Shraddha ceremony, it's a custom to offer the greatest honor to the most exalted personality. As during Rajasuya Jagya of Yudhishthira Maharaj, it was decided that Krishna should be given that power, spiritual power, given that recognition for his spiritual power. And Shishupal became very upset, saying that, why is he? And he tried to point out that there is nothing great about Sri Krishna. Of course, eventually he was defeated by And <clears throat> defeated Krishna himself, killed him, Shishupa. And similarly, when Haridas Thakur was given that Shantapatra, the Brahmanas there became very upset, saying, they knew that he was born in a Muslim family. There are so many exalted Brahmanas and you don't recognize them and you give this Muslim that highest honor. But Advaita Acharya pointed out that the ultimate consideration is not the caste or the birth, the exalted spiritual position of the personality. But they wouldn't listen to him. So they, in an angry mood, all the brahmanas left and boycotting him and they actually decided to ostracize him from the brahmana. Advaita Acharya couldn't care less. <laughs> but when the Brahmanas went home, they noticed one amazing thing that they can't light fire. Although, actually in the Brahmanas' house, they all the fire is always burning for the sacrifice. It's custom. But all the fire got extinguished. They don't even have fire to cook their food. They tried to bring fire from other villages, but as soon as they came to the boundary of the villages, the fire got extinguished. So they all were surprised what happened. So they felt that maybe it is because they offended Advaita Acharya. So they went to Advaita Acharya and begged for this. Advaita Acharya said, no, not offense to me, it's offense to Haridas. It's because of your offense to Haridas that fire is boycotting you. <laughs> and uh, this is how uh, the Brahmanas could recognize Haridas Thakur's exalted position. Yesterday I also mentioned one incident of Haridas Thakur. You remember? 
तो गोपाल चक्रवर्ती भूत ऑफेंडेड सॉरी हु ऑफेंडेड हरिदास ठाकुर इन द हाउस ऑफ रघुनाथ दास गोस्वामी वॉट हैपन टू हिम डेवलप लेप्रेसी एंड इज नोज फेलो नॉट ओनली इज नोज आई मीन इज होल बॉडी गॉट इफेक्टेड लेप्रेसीबल लाइक आई डोंट नो लाइक नाउ इट इज यू डोंट सी लेप्रेसी केस नॉट सो एंड देर इज क्यूर फॉर लेप्रेसी I knew one doctor who who's been who was appointed for leprosy treatment. Well, now it is only in Jagannath Puri you see lepers. As far as I know, in Australia and New Zealand, there's an island they ship doctors to, and nothing. Oh, I see. Nothing is said. Not many people know that. Okay. Yeah, because it's a contagious disease actually. In Jagannath Puri, there is. and it is said that one develops leprosy due to offenses to the vaishnava i don't know what happens in australia <laughs> but so <clears throat> this person developed leprosy the influence of haridas thakur the glory of haridas thakur started to spread so widely that the muslim kazi the muslim governor became worried that this person is born in a muslim family and look he is uh, he has converted into hindu and he is so becoming so popular and probably he will be a bad influence to the muslim community therefore they decide they he the kazi reported to the nawab the king and the king called him and tried to make him understand he said look you you got such an exotic birth you're born in a muslim family so why aren't you taking advantage of that why did you give up your religion and accepted some other religion so hridas thakur said god is one so all the religions are following the same personality so if i feel uh, inclination to follow him in this way what's the harm but the king said no like you have a special opportunity being muslim so you should not give up your religious so hardest i would try to explain so that look this is how i develop my relationship with the lord by calling out his name so please allow me to practice that then he nawab said no you should not follow the hindu culture Then Haridas Thakur just mentioned that look, I can't give up chanting. 
Even if I try, I can't give up chanting the holy name. Even if my body is cut to pieces, I can't, I won't be able to stop chanting. Even if my life here leaves my body, still I cannot stop chanting the holy name. So Nawab said, is it true? Let's see. If a body is cut to pieces, you won't be able to stop chanting. So he decided to torture Haridas Thakur. Got the four or five torturers, summoned them, and said, Take him and beat him in the marketplace, in 22 marketplaces, so that everybody can see what happens when a Muslim converts into any other. So Haridas Thakur was taken to the marketplace by these torturers. They were actually executioners. They are assigned to kill people. So they were beating Haridas Thakur. It was so mercilessly they were beating that the bystanders, people those are watching, they fell at their feet and said, please let him go, please let him go. We will pay you money, we will pay you everything. But uh, they didn't listen. They were beating him in such a way that in just in that kind of beating in one or two marketplaces he would have left his body. But in spite of being beaten so mercilessly in 22 marketplaces, Haridas Thakur still kept on chanting. Now these Muslims became worried. They could see that he is a real saintly person. They fell at his feet and begged him, please don't take any offense. Please forgive us. We can see that you are very exalted spiritual personality. But the thing is that if without killing you, if we go back, then the king will kill us. So please tell us what we should do. So Hridas Thakur said, well, if my dying, if your life can be saved, okay, I'll die. So he just laid down, dead. So these... Uh, these uh, torturers, they felt that, okay, they felt relieved, okay, we'll now take him to the Nawab and show him that we have killed him. But as they tried to lift his body, they couldn't lift his body. They are such strong personalities, they couldn't lift his body. They called all kinds of people, please help us, still couldn't lift him. And then they again started to cry. If we can't take you, then Nawab won't believe us and he will kill us. So Haridastakul's body became light. And they carried Haridastakul to the Nawab, the Muslim king. And the Muslim king said, okay, bury him. But the Kazi said, no. He is he has given up his Muslim religion. Therefore, he should not be buried according to Muslim way. Throw him in the river. 
So Haridasthakur's body was thrown into Ganges. And everybody saw an amazing sight. The body didn't sink. The body just kept on floating. And floating, it came to Shantipur. And there he started to chant the holy name. Hearing his name or chanting, Adrita Acharya, who was in great anxiety because he got the news that Haridas Thakur had been arrested. So he tried to, he was in great anxiety. But when he heard the chanting of the holy name, then he came back and he just ran to meet Haridas Thakur. But, I mean, he thought he was suspecting that he would be killed. And now to see that he is still alive, he was so happy. And together they started to chant the holy name of the Lord. So in this way, Haridas Thakur, one after another, he saved his wonderful pastimes displaying his amazing spiritual personality. So, <coughs> Haridas Thakur ki, Shimanitananda Prabhu ki, Gaur Premanande. So, does anybody have any question? Yes. Guru Maharaj, you said Haidas Thakur was 35 years older than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, how he got the Mahamantra? From whom he took that Mahamantra? That nobody knows. <laughs> okay, he's, he's Brahma himself. <laughs> Any other question? Jati, uh, on the spiritual identity of Lord's associates, um, how uh, and who sort of, how is it affirmed um, their spiritual identities? You said one Lord can become many and many spiritual identities can manifest in one. Is it pre-decided when the Lord wants to come, appear, uh, you know, how he will, how his associates will be surrounding him? Or is it the Acharyas who actually re- reaffirms their identity? Yeah. In simple words, those who have spiritual vision, they could see the spiritual personalities and how so many of them came, or how one became many. Actually, this has been, there is a book by a very exalted follower, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Kavi The name of the book is Gaur Ganesh Deepika. Uh, the identification of the associates of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he gave all the descriptions. Please Vijay Gopikesh Prabhu. Yeah, I was thinking of that, but I you know, sort of I thought I'll give some time since it came as a question. I naturally answer. Haridas Sakura, as I say, like he was very old. I mean, he was 35 years older. 
So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you can see, say for example, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, anyway, Haridas Thakur became very sick. But every day he used to chant uh, 300,000 names of the Lord. That means every day he chanted about 200 rounds. Uh, and although he became uh, sick and still he was chanting, he was in, he settled down in Jagannath Puri actually. And so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all, and, but because he considered himself to be in, coming from a fallen or low class uh, background, he did not go to Jagannath temple. He used to offer uh, pranam obeisances to the flags of uh, that on and chakra on the top on top of the temple. So, although Haridas Thakur didn't go to see Jagannath, but Jagannath himself, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to come every day to see him. So he, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, seeing his condition, he asked Haridas, how is your health? Haridas Thakur's reply was that my health is fine, but my mind is in trouble. I cannot chant, I cannot finish my rounds. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that, look, you don't have to chant in this condition. But he insisted that he would, he would fulfill his commitment. Then one day, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was present there, uh, Haridas Thakur looking at the uh, lotus face of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he left his he was so dear to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu picked up his body and he kept on dancing. And then he actually buried his body on the bank of the, the bank of the ocean in Puri. That is where that temple is now. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, arranged a feast. Like he himself went begging Jagannath Prasad and he failed everybody. Like such a fortunate personality. The Mahaprabhu himself danced with his body, buried his body and conducted the uh, Posthumous rites. Thank you, Hare Krishna. So, any other question? Yes. Guruji, as you say, uh, Suryadashpandi had uh, two daughters, with Janava and Vasudhananda Prabhu got married with both of them. But the marriage place we know in Kalna. But what about uh, uh, Borgachi? Borgachi, is this any connected with the Tanakhuru's wedding? I don't know. 
Bargachi, where is Bargachi? It's a little bit far away from my Pune Shri Oh, no, no. Uh, that is the place, the place of Horihor, Horihor, the king, who actually patronized the wedding. But the wedding took place in the house of Surjana Sarkhyam, who lived in Ambika Kalam. Hare Bol, any other question? Hare Krishna. Ket, do you have a question? I'm sure I'll take Okay. Okay, so if there is no question, we can have a short kirtan and then end the class today. <coughs> Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Thank you.